Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that changed everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to What Makes Them Tip, Innovations That Changed everything. I'm Jeff. And once again, I have the privilege to talk to amazing people doing amazing things and truly innovating in their particular entrepreneurial space. And we get to hear their stories. And today we hear the story of a gentleman who has worked with some of the top brands in the CPG and retail industry from large to niche. He's started and nourished two successful beverage brands. He's a contributor to Entrepreneur and other publications and currently serves as the president at 1-800-GOT-JUNK and co-founder of Easy Beverages. Here to share his journey and insights with us, Joshua Sizemore. Welcome, Josh. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. It's good to be here. Oh, we're grateful to have you. We're grateful you took the time to spend with us. So let's get started. Tell us a little bit about, so you're basically balancing two things right now, uh, the president at 1-800-GOT-JUNK and this Easy Beverage company. Tell us a little bit about both of those and what you guys do. Yeah, so 1-800-GOT-JUNK is a franchise system. So uh, I'm actually the president of RG Environmental. We own, um, partnered about 23 franchises all in the biggest cities. Mm -hmm. Uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK started about 23 years ago in in Canada um, with a guy in a truck and an idea to get rid of people's junk, Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Scudamore. And uh, he took that and scaled it, you know, great entrepreneur, scaled it now, you know, we'll do a half a billion this year in revenue. Uh, so we, you know, over 400 franchises in the biggest cities and, you know, we're adding more. So it's a, it's a great business to be a part of. Uh, it's probably one of the only few businesses out there that, uh, you can hit t- about 20%, uh, uh, bottom line, at, mm. you know, and that you get into fortune 20, 30, you know, in, in the world when you, when you talk about that. So it's a great business. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate to be, uh, the, the president and operator of, of, of our group. Um, and we, we have the largest franchise in San Francisco. We have another large one in, in Water Creek. And like I said, we're uh, part of Chicago, New York, Manhattan, Brooklyn, uh, Charlotte, Nashville, uh, Toronto. So really enriched and entrenched in uh, many of the large franchises. So it's, uh, you know, and um, it's funny that when, you know, we've been shut down here in San Francisco for a year. And it's, it's pretty amazing to see, you know, um, how much your business is valued when you go into a shutdown, into a pandemic and there, you know, you're so fortunate to continue to have a business and continue Mm. to run, even though we're down, we're continuing to run. So, I mean, you have to be for, you have to be grateful. And that's the kind of the key word that I've, you know, instilled in my group the last year is just be grateful and we'll get through it. And, uh, it's, it's been really really fun. You know, I never thought I'd be uh, part of a junk calling uh, a corporation, but it's, <laughs> it's a great culture. It's a great franchise to be a part of. 
And, uh, you know, uh, I look forward to when we're out of the pandemic and we can really, you know, kind of skyrocket. Yeah. And then to touch on uh, easy, uh, so, you know, beverage entrepreneur, uh, had two different uh, beverage exits and this is my third. And so, uh, you know, this time we're doing a, a ginger, uh, the first iterations of ginger soda. Uh, the first, my first two companies in the, in the beverage space, uh, I did it kind of by myself. Uh, so this time I have a co-founder and he, and you know, uh, if some, some advice to entrepreneurs, if you can get a co-founder that has the same mindset and the same thought process and, and you know, kind of the same outlooks as you do, then, you know, grab them up uh, because it's yeah. a lot easier with a co-founder. But uh, uh, that business has been going for about a year and a half. We're, you know, kicking ass on Amazon. We haven't even went into retail yet. Uh, so, but, but excited about that, uh, about that space. I think we have a, a lot of runway. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about how you got there. You did say that you've uh, run a couple of other uh, successful beverage uh, launches and nourished those to acquisition. Um, but before that, like, uh, what kind of led you down this path to entrepreneurship? I mean, have, have, has it always been there or did you kind of find that you were at a place that just said, I, I need to go out and set out on my own? Well, tell me yeah. about that story. So I'm from a small, small town in Kentucky, like, <laughs> uh, the hills of Appalachia. Like, I think my town is like 900 people. Um, our, our, our first stop lot was when I was 10, 10 <laughs> or 11. And then we had our first real restaurant uh, subway when I was like 17. <laughs> uh, super poor, you know, super poor where I'm from where, when I grew up. Um, so just seeing that from a young age, you know, it was it's funny because I always tell, tell my parents that as soon as I can, I'm going to California because I knew it was sunny. I knew that was where like the stuff was going, going down. I, I always had this mindset of bigger, better, at least bigger and better than where I was at. Currently. Sure, so, sure. Um, so, you know, growing up and seeing the hardships, you know, I knew that's not what I, that's what I didn't want to happen to me. So, uh, was fortunate. I got, uh, my first gig was a assistant manager at, in, in Miami at, uh, Abercrombie and Fitch. And, uh, that's kind of what started my career in retail and, uh, just worked my butt off, uh, from there, moved to California, uh, LA and uh, just continued to move up with that brand and uh, moved over to some other brands and ended up at Lacoste uh, where I ran the outlet division and a uh, big business there, about, you know, $600 million business. And then mm. from there, um, moved to Detroit. You know, I was in LA for about uh, nine or 10 years the first time, moved to Detroit to take over uh, the retail business for a new brand called Shinola. You know, they wanted to really bring back uh, uh, the craftsmanship to Detroit to build watches, you know, and leather goods and uh, wanted to be a part of that story. So I helped them get up, build out their retail business, did that for a few years. And uh, that's when I uh, decided to make the totally different change into CPG and, and beverage. So I moved back to LA um, and started with a company, you know, helped a company come back called original New York Seltzer. Uh, and then from there, um, I got the itch and then moved back to Kentucky. And uh, it's a f funny story. I was actually up for the for presidency at a university, small university in Kentucky. Okay. And through the process of the interviews, I met this gentleman who owned this aquifer in Tennessee. And this aquifer produced about 10 million gallons of water a day, and which was I thought was insane, right? So he's like, yeah, it's the best water around and uh, so i was like well i'm a health nut so let me let me see for myself right so 
went down, checked the, checked the water, uh, looked at all the analysis and the reports. And I was like, this is crazy that nobody has this source, you know, uh, that's, that's kind of grabbed it up. And so from that moment, uh, I went back that night, created a business plan, you know, forgot about the presidency opportunity at the university, probably wouldn't have got it anyway, but I just like squashed that, that night went and created a business plan, went back to the guy that owned the offer. It was like, this is what I want to do. I want to create a premium water brand around giving back. This is how we're going to do it. He loved the idea, became my seed investor. And I moved back to Kentucky from California in probably like, I don't know, 14, 15 days and went all in, uh, started to unify and uh, bootstrapped it for three, four years. Uh, you know, at the peak, we were, you know, going to do about a hundred million in revenue. And then before we got there, went through a, uh, bad divorce and, you know, uh, exited the business. Uh, it was a good exit, but not nearly as well as good as that could have been, but sure. you know, that's, that's life and learned, learned a ton. And, uh, you know, uh, I've never looked back as far as not being an entrepreneur. Like I moved back to California, invested in some businesses. Um, you know, there's a company, uh, e-commerce brand called cbd.com was a founding president of that. Uh, help them guys get up and running. And then that's when, uh, kind of when I was in LA is when I met my partner, Tom Ritma, who uh, is my partner here, uh, owns uh, RG Environmental. Uh, he was looking for somebody to take it over. He's been doing it for 22 years. He's like, I need, a, I need somebody to come in and run, and run the business. Made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And <laughs> so I moved from LA to San Francisco and uh, been here, been, been in San Francisco area for now for 12, 13, 14 months. So it's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's a a lot of, of experience. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I would say that probably that diverse experience has helped you in what you're doing now. Right. Would you say? Oh yeah, absolutely. I like, you know, one thing that I can say is I I've made a a shit ton of mistakes in my, my life, but I've never made the same mistake twice. So just understanding, you know, those mistakes, you know, recognizing them quickly and understanding that, you know, those things may come up again, but you know, you have the experience of making that mistake. So let's not do it again. And, yeah. and just super open and open-minded. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of people doing well. So I think that's kind of what's helped me in my leadership roles over the years is I'm, I'm a culture guy. I like to see teams flourish and, you know, if they work hard, then I'm going to give them, you know, what they need to su- succeed. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's been, it's been fun. And, uh, but experiences, man, like yeah, that's, that's the key. You know, if you can learn from your experiences and, you know, not get too excited, not get too low, you know, especially when you're on your entrepreneurial endeavor, mm-hmm. like, you know, starting a business is hard and yeah. um, maintaining it and seeing it flourish is even harder. You have to have so much patience. Sure. Uh, and uh, so there's, you know, much, much advice, you know, to give to, to the, the fellow entrepreneurs out there. And I'm, you know, much advice that I still need probably. To, yeah. to well, let's, let's talk about, I mean, obviously we learn from our mistakes and I find it uh, kind of uh, interesting. I'm looking at your LinkedIn and your list of just all your achievements. And what I really kind of admired and saw really kind of interesting in here is back in 2017, 18, you've got listed a failed startup. Yep. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about like what some of the history about that and what you learned from it? Absolutely. So 
uh, it was right after uh, I exited Unify, um, probably the probably the end of Unify uh, and afterwards. Um, I had this I had this idea to create a granola bar, all natural, uh, you know, very few ingredients, but make it a probiotic and a prebiotic in one. And the name was going to be Pronola. We had a, we had I had the branding down, had the packaging, I had the formulation, and the bars were amazing, but we could never get the pre and probiotic to maintain its viability throughout the shelf process. So uh, and it was just, you know, every, you know, every new strand of microbe that we would try, you would have to wait 30, 60 days to test it to see if it's shelf stable. And we did, I don't know, 20, 30 different trials and iterations of the microbes. And we can never find any that would consistently stay you know, keep their, keep their substance. You know, if it had a hundred billion in the beginning, it needed a hundred billion, you know, six, if three, at least two months in, right. And it would always fall off or something would happen. So it was just mm. eating up cash, eating up cash, eating up cash. And, um, and these guys I was working with, you know, they, they were the biggest microbe uh, farm in definitely in the U S and uh, in our, it was luckily in my backyard in, in Lexington and uh but we just can never get the right the right strain i'm there and there's and the the bad thing is there's millions of different strains out there that will work Mm -hmm. uh but you would just have to you know test those out you know if you could do a million at once right then you'd probably get one you'd probably find one but uh did it for six seven months and we just never could find the right microbe and and the whole point was to have a pre and probiotic bar because that's there's nothing out there like that. Sure. No, uh, I'm even hesitant to tell you because I think it's still a great concept and idea. No, uh, yeah. But you know, just uh, I, I just didn't want to burn through my cash. I didn't want to burn through investors' cash if 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 it was going to take another year, two years to to try to find something, and and maybe it wouldn't even worked. In, mm-hmm. in so, um, you know, I. I don't want to say I gave up because I still have that idea and concept and I, and I, and I'm, you know, I probably will try it again at some point. Um, so I, it's probably paused, but it, it did fail in the sense that I had everything ready and then, you know, it, it didn't go. So, yeah. And how, so what, what do you, what advice do you give? Like, I guess to, to entrepreneurs who may be trying to do the same thing who, um, I mean, I think it takes a lot of, you know, guts to start something like that, obviously, but it also takes a lot of strength to, to just say, you know what, this isn't working right now. And, uh, you know, tell me like what lessons that did you learn to, to know, like, I got to, this is where I got to cut ties. We'll come back to this later. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I think being an entrepreneur is like, you have this dream, but you have to be, you have to, there's gotta be a reality to it, right? There's gotta be a point where you, you say, all right, this is a, a, a great idea in my mind and I think it's going to work in my mind, but let's, let's test this. You know, there's got to be a testing phase for that idea. And that's why you have friends and colleagues and you, you know, you give out samples and uh, you, you, to everybody you can, you know, you have to, you have to budget that, you know, whatever amount that is to, to give free stuff because feedback is so important. So if you can get 10 people, a hundred people, a thousand people to say, yeah, this is a great idea. 
if it's food beverages, taste amazing. You've got you, you're on to something, or if it's a consumer product or whatever it may be. If 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 they're passionate about it and you have tons of that feedback, then you have something. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, if, I think we we didn't even have. I mean, we we gave out tons of samples when when we had the bar initially. It was just that shelf life that we couldn't get, you know, and if we don't have a viable product, there's no, you know, we can't go to market, right? So a viable product, consumer feedback, you know, be it, you know, have your dreams, but, you know, try to have some reality. And, and, you know, if, if you can get both like viable product, great feedback, then I would urge you to pursue your dream at all costs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that you know because you know you, you can't start anything if you don't have an idea yeah so, but you got to turn you got to have some you know again just a little bit of reality it's it's hard for entrepreneurs to have reality but you have to you know yeah well how do you bounce back from that then what was next like after that what did you do to bounce back I think uh I think you know I was doing some advising uh, for some startups uh, invested in a couple things and um, that's when I, I think I met uh, John Bradford uh, in LA who had this concept of CBD.com. Um, and I was like, yeah, we can make it to Amazon of CBD, if, you know, if you want to. And so I moved to LA and, you know, kind of was the operator there, founding president and uh, kind of got that, kind of got that going. And uh, it was fun, you know, uh, it was different. A different space, you know, uh, altogether. But CBD is it, it touches on so many things. CPG, you know, uh, food beverage, like all all kinds of different iterations of of uh, CBD. So I felt like it was a good kind of next. It was a good next step for me because I could help those guys out because I've you know been in the space for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had this idea and strategy of of hotels and you know, um, you know, retail, etc. And that went really well. Um, and, you know, then that's when I met Tom and I just, you know, uh, couldn't say no to, to sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, this, and this next question. So I, I, what I usually try to do is try to ask like, what are you guys doing to innovate in your particular company? And you have such a wide variety of different companies you work for. So maybe you can pick a couple of things from different companies what are ways that you you know, found ways to innovate in your particular space? Yeah, so uh, I'll get to guy junk in a in a in a minute, but probably the first thing was um, was unified. Like I knew that a bottle of water is a dime a dozen. Now people's making bottled water every day, right? New brand, new new concept. So I really t- looked at the Tom Shoes model, the the, the buy one give one, mm-hmm. and, and I. And I thought about how to incorporate in in that idea into bottled water, but also not give away the farm. And because you know, if your if your margin's fifty percent, but you're giving away a bottle, then you're you're having no margin, right? So sure. So what we did was we partnered up with NGOs, uh, and we actually had them come because we had you know we had this endless source. We had them come with tanker trucks, fill it up and then take it to these needed areas that needed water, like Flint, Michigan, and yeah. we sent it overseas, you know? So, uh, and then we, we put a, like a monetary value on what that water would be 
and I and that's how we kind of did it. So in my in the four years that we that I ran Unify, we gave over twenty five million gallons of water to people. Wow. In the, so it was really it was really it was really cool. And you know, and there's really a one to one ratio because you know we have a sixteen ounce bottle, and we have a one liter bottle, and you know there's sixty six hundred gallons in a tanker truck. You just divide that by the by the gallons, and you have your bottles, right? So you know we nothing we were doing we was doing or saying was you know compromised. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of, awesome. That's kind of how that innovation went. Um, and then, you know, with, with my new beverage easy, the innovation is, I think um, it's, I don't know if innovation is it, but it's catering to, to what you think the future will be. And I think, you know, that's all natural, that's organic, that's low, low ingredient count. Um, that's low sugar, uh, and it's amazing taste, right? So we, I strongly feel, and I'm, I've literally not heard this from, uh, I've heard the same thing from everybody that's tried it, that it, we have the best ginger ale, ginger beer, ginger soda, whatever you want to call it. We call it ginger soda on the market that they've ever tasted. And I, I strongly agree with that. And then, you know, we 45 calories per bottle, you know, low, low, low sugar, uh, only four ingredients, beautiful packaging. Um, we, you know, I guess innovation was we put ginger soda instead of ginger ale or ginger beer because we want to get soda space um, in the in, on the shelf mm-hmm. uh, because most ginger ales are where the water is, they're where the mixers are, and that's how most ginger uh, uh, ginger beverage companies promote themselves is that as a mixer, they're, they're focused on B2B and at, for restaurants and bars. And that's great, but we're really focused on the consumer. We want them to see us and say, wow, that's beautiful packaging and, you know, uh, to kind of dive deeper. And so that's kind of how we're going to market. Um, when, when we go into retail right now, like I said, we're, we're just online and Amazon, but we can't keep it on Amazon. It's unfortunate because we don't make any money because it's so heavy, but mm. we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, uh, just with 1-800-GOT-JUNK here, what we're doing is we're we're really trying to, you know, we have this um, metric. It's called uh, Next Open Window. And it's really getting to the customer the same day that they book within two hours when they book. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take it a step further where we're trying to Uberize the, the experience for the customer. So we've just, uh, added technology that now when customers book, we get with them in, in, you know, within that window, but we also send them a link text message, text message, and they can click that link and they can actually follow their truck and see it, uh, as they, as it comes to, to them. Right. So they mm-hmm. know they're an hour out, they're 30 minutes out, you know? Um, so I think that's a good innovate, innovative thing we were doing. Um, and hopefully we can, perfect it and it can go, you know, uh, company wide. Uh, but you know, again, San Francisco is the largest franchise in the system. Uh, so if, if we do good here, then I have a strong feeling we can scale it out pretty well, but you know, there's, there's other innovations, but I think, you know, again, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself and try to do all these things at once. It's one Mm -hmm. thing at a time, perfect that and then go to the next thing. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, is it different trying to innovate within the franchise system like that? Um, and when you do, um, you can pass that on, hopefully, to the from to the next level, right? 
Yeah, it, it is. You know, it is. a. This is the first franchise um, system company that I've worked in, worked with. Mm-hmm. So it is a little different because, you know, you want to do these, you know, you have these cool ideas, but then it's like, well, is that, does, does that line up with what the company overall wants to do? Because they provide the, you know, they provide the, the kind of the structure and the foundation with the technology and they help with marketing. Uh, so you, you have to be super aligned with what you're thinking. And sometimes, you know, I think fortunately for us, we, we are the largest uh, here in, in San Francisco. So uh, we get to do things that other franchises probably couldn't do. Mm. You know? So we get to take those um, kind of risks, uh, w- which, you know, another reason brought me to, to do this, to do this gig. So um, it can some kind, sometimes be convoluted and, and harder to do innovative things. But if you feel strongly and you're passionate about it, I think, uh, you know, the Junction, which is our corporate headquarters, uh, they see that and, uh, you know, they're fine. They're fine with it. Yeah. Because I know they want to try to provide the same experience no matter where you are, right? No matter which. It's kind of the whole point a lot of times. You go, you mentioned sub, your first Subway, right? If you go into a Subway restaurant here and a Subway restaurant there, you're going to hopefully get the same experience. Yeah. And that's why you no matter where you are, you go to subway because you know what you're getting. Um, that's, that's pretty awesome. But then it, it, it's nice, I guess, to be working in a system where they are kind of acknowledging that you guys have some good ideas and want to yeah. uh, implement that nationwide. Yeah. They're, they're, they're always looking at innovation and they're always looking to, you know, be more innovative. I mean, they think, you know, they, they think they realize that to get to the billion dollars that they want to get to, they have to be innovative. Right. Mm-hmm. They have- take some risk they have to do some different things uh and i think you know with their larger franchises you know wanting to do those things ahead of the game they 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 really encourage that so if it works great we can roll it out you know yeah yeah well before we go i want to make sure you have a chance to tell people um get specific about the ginger soda the easy what you guys are selling there tell us exactly what that is again like what yeah. what's in it and all that kind of stuff yeah, so uh, it's easy beverages. We're the first iteration and skew is uh, ginger soda. Uh, you can go to easysoda.com. Uh, it's easy hyphen soda.com. Uh, check it out. Uh, we're coming out with three more iterations soon. Uh, the, the next one will be a pregnancy version with a raspberry leaf. Uh, so it'll be four ingredients total, no sugar. And, uh, you know, it's, no, it's a known fact that ginger and raspberry really help pregnancy. Oh, wow. uh, with, you know, bloating and things like that. So that's the second iteration. iteration. Uh, the third one will be a Moscow mule, um, like an easy mule, like so uh, ready to drink uh, mm. alcohol, you know, be ginger and alcohol. Uh, and it's vodka. So it's, you know, it goes with our theme of simple, uh, natural, because uh, vodka is the cleanest spirit. Mm-hmm. And then we'll probably do a four, uh, a fourth iteration CBD down the road. Um, but, uh, those, those previous two, they'll, they'll be, uh, they'll be coming soon. So, uh, we're excited about those and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what it is. That's awesome. So ez soda.com, the letters E and Z. And, uh, and then if, if people wanted to get in touch with you or, 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 um, contact you about anything else, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, I mean, um, Instagram, uh, Facebook, 
uh, LinkedIn, Josh Sizemore, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, I think it's Jay Sizemore, J underscore twice Sizemore, uh, Facebook, Josh Sizemore, uh, and then uh, Josh Sizemore, the number one at iCloud.com if you want to shoot me an email. Awesome. Uh, Awesome. Well, we want to thank you so much for your time and for being on the show today and sharing uh, some of your successes and and even the fact, I think we learned so much from it. And I got, I mean, I just thought it was awesome. I mean, I don't ever see something on someone's LinkedIn described as, as failed. And I was like, that's, that's great because that just shows that you've, you know, you've, and it's way down there on the list, right? So you didn't, it didn't stop you. And I love that about that. Uh, Well, I appreciate you having me and uh, great talking to you. Good to meet you. And, uh, yeah, if you, if you need anything else, just let me know, man. It's good. Good talk. All right. And thanks to everyone else for listening. This has been what makes them tip innovations that changed everything. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to our show. What makes them tip innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.